For years, I thought that fishing was just a fun thing to do. How much skill could it take? You put a piece of bait on a line, throw it in the water. Maybe you get a fish, maybe you don't. But my guest tonight taught me that there is not just a little, but quite a bit of skill involved in fishing. I actually watched him at the age of 12 years old on his first Boy Scout camping trip, take a stick, dental floss, borrow a fishing hook from someone, and catch more fish than the adults that had all their fancy tackle and fishing poles. With me is an Eagle Scout and avid fisherman and just a great guy, and I'm glad to have him on. Michael Hersick, welcome to the show. Welcome to Papa Bear Hikes. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here and talk about one of the things that I love so much doing. Yeah, Michael, you do, you've always had a passion I've known you since probably right before you turned 12, and you have always had a passion for fishing. And um, that's what I think makes this, it's going to make this conversation exciting. I love when people really get excited about their hobbies and, and their interests. So let's start with this. At what age did you start fishing, or did you start to realize, I really enjoy this? Yeah, so uh, I suppose it starts off uh, like how a lot of people start off. Uh, I went fishing with my grandfather. Um, he was really a pro fisherman, really uh, took a lot of time to go fishing, really took a lot of time to teach me. Um, and it was a lot of quality time, but also, you know, just out enjoying nature. Um, and I grew up uh, in Germany. So the laws over there were a little different and we were a little hesitant to go out and fish. So when I finally moved back when I was like seven or eight, uh, I was very excited to finally actually get to go out and do the thing that I had heard so much about. And doing it so much just made me fall in love with it. So you learned from your grandfather. I mean, you also learned the, the value of the companionship of fishing, going fishing with someone, and you learned to do it as a way to enjoy the outdoors. But the skills, when, at what point did you start to feel like maybe you were developing the skills or did it come naturally for you? Yeah, uh, I like to think it came naturally. Um, but fishing is really just a whole different game uh, because there's so many different things involved. Uh, there's patience, there's uh, problem solving, there's thinking. Um, because you're dealing with live creatures who or even think differently, but also similarly to you. Uh, and they're always learning. Uh, so fish who have been, you know, in a pond that has been fished a lot, they're pretty smart and they know what to look for, uh, for hooks and rigs, etc. Uh, so you, it's really trying to think one step ahead and uh, just, I don't know, get into the mind of the uh, prey. Um, Although fishing is, is very different than hunting. I have never actually gone hunting myself, but uh, I've heard a lot about it. Um, and yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so a lot of it, it goes, takes place before you even drop a line in the water, right? If you say I'm fishing at, in this stream or at this pond, having an idea, like you said, if it's an area that's fished a lot, um, 
the time of year, all those could, could play into the decision you make in terms of what type of tackle to, to take along with you. Yeah, exactly. You have to always think about everything that's going on. You have to think about the weather, whether it's uh, sunny or cloudy or rainy or it, what time of day it is. Uh, fishing can be done anytime, but really it's often best at dusk and dawn. And the body of water, like if you're fishing in a pond, it's very different than fishing in a river or an ocean um, because that all plays into what the fish are eating at that time and what kind of fish you are trying to get. Uh, so, for example, because we live in upstate New York, uh, uh, a lot of fishermen will be after largemouth bass or smallmouth bass because those are game fish. Uh, so that's what I probably have the most experience with. Uh, although I've tried to do my best with uh, fishing for trout and other types of fish in the area. Uh, but yeah, just uh, trying to, uh, sorry, go ahead. That's all right. Is most of your fishing, um, freshwater fishing, would you say, do you have a preference for, uh, for streams, rivers, or uh, lakes, ponds? Yeah, so I think that everybody really has a preference. Uh, mine is fishing in, you know, a medium to small size pond. Um, but I've had a lot of fun in, in other environments too. I really did like ocean fishing the few times I got to go. And I, I have so many fishing stories as a fisherman does. Uh, and I feel like I, out of all the times I went for ocean fishing, I would always have at least one kind of crazy story that came back from it. So that's not unique to my ocean fishing experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I used to live in New Jersey. So that was all the fishing I did pretty much was uh, deep sea surf fishing, but it was all in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And yeah, until I met you, I just thought, well, you know, freshwater fishing, you grab a pole hook, throw a worm on there and maybe you catch something. Maybe you didn't, didn't quite like looking at it as deep as I did when I went saltwater fishing. And, and again, right. I knew if I went saltwater fishing, well, it's this time of the year, I'm going for this type of fish. So I need to use this type of bait or this <laughs> type of rig to catch what I want. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's saltwater fishing. You haven't done a lot of that, but you enjoy it. Yeah, very much. Um, I think fishing is a lot of trial and error. Uh, at least you're always learning a lot. So you have to adapt. And when I first tried saltwater fishing, it, I thought it would be similar enough that I would do pretty well. But uh, there's a, a lot of different facets that you have to think about. Um, and uh, I got to go out in a boat once or twice, but mostly when I went saltwater fishing, I was fishing from shore. And you also have to think about casting, etc., trying to get it out into open deep water uh, but I actually got the chance to go down to um, the places you used to fish uh, and I did some shore fishing there and oh my gosh uh, we caught so many flounder that day I have no idea how uh, but you know just just little guys we would throw them right back but it was just so exhilarating uh, getting a fish that just looked so abnormal from what you're usually pulling in uh, yeah yeah, the ocean fishing, you do get a little bit more of a variety. I've gone for, I've I, I fished for flounder and sea bass, bluefish, 
you know, a variety of fish. And yeah, it's always something different and a little bit bigger than maybe what you find in freshwater fishing, but it, it's enjoyable. Um, do, do you have um, a story about maybe the most unique or the biggest fish you ever caught? Uh, yeah, uh, I definitely have a couple of fun stories. Um, so I guess one that comes to mind, well, a couple that come to mind, uh, are with the Boy Scouts. One of the ones you referenced was, uh, one of my first campouts. Uh, there are so many, so many people there uh, on this one little tiny pond because we didn't have a lot to do because we were waiting around for the camperie to start. And everybody was trying to catch a fish. Uh, there were scouts out um, actually spearfishing because a lot of us didn't think to bring fishing gear to this camp out. And they didn't have much luck. And I thought, you know, why not try to bait them in with some, some, uh, some worms or something? So I borrowed a hook and I thought, you know, what could you use as a line? So... Of course, dental floss, which I think I borrowed from you, and I, I was able to thin it out a little. And the rest is history. I, I must have caught dozens of fish that day on this one small little pond. Um, and another uh, camp out that really comes to mind, uh, I was at Camp Tuscarora, uh, which is a summer camp that we used to go to. And I was out in a canoe with a friend. Uh, Philip and <laughs> we were just cruising along the lake. Uh, I was trolling, which means I had the lure behind me as we were just paddling along. And I don't know what happened, but for some reason, my my pole fell into the water, and I saw it just fall in slow motion, and I almost cried because it was my favorite pole. I almost dove into the water after it, and I, tr- I tried to grab it, but it just went in i was devastated and then i realized oh my gosh my lure floats it was just one of my lures that happened to float because it was a jig so we were paddling along the entire lake trying to find this lure which is fluorescent hard to miss and we find it (laughs) so i actually managed to pull in via my line um my pole, which was sitting at the bottom of the lake, and I, I rescued it, and it was safe and sound. And it was covered in, in um, pond weed, but you know it worked just fine. Nothing, nothing went wrong with it. Uh, so five minutes later, we're back to fishing, and I threw that jig into some lily pads, and it, it had like two hooks on it, right? So I saw something hit it immediately, and I reel it in. And I, I'm like, wow, this is pretty heavy. It's it's not acting like a regular fish. Uh, and it was a 13-inch bass and a 9-inch bass. I had caught two bass on one hook. I had never done that before, uh, especially because they're the story. big fish. Um, I was very... Uh, excitable it was a very interesting day on the water to say the least well you were legendary out at summer camp i can remember <laughs> my last year out there all the 11 year olds 
follow and 12 year olds following you around right they thought michael had some sort of special touch to catch fish you know so you would you would go some look for a quiet place to fish and we'd watch these other kids scurry around behind you and i uh, think okay we're, we're gonna fish here because you know michael catches fish this must be a good place to fish and you talked about patience and, you know, we'd always get a kick out of the adults watching these younger kids <laughs> just not having that patience, right? Well, I haven't catch, they throw it in once or twice. Oh, we're not catching anything here. Let me just move somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I was very happy to um, have a lot of the scouts uh, watch after me when I fished. Uh, and I mean, I guess I, I caught a couple more fish, but um, I, I was very happy to start a fishing camp out at uh, our troop. And I, a lot of stories actually came from that, too. Uh, you're reminding me of another time we went to Taconic Falls and speaking about patience, nobody had caught anything all day. None of the scouts. It was terrible weather. It was rainy and cold and terrible. And I was so committed to trying to catch a fish because it was it was the fishing camp out. We had to catch something. So I was out there for hours just throwing my line on the water. No no hits, no nothing, no nibble. And I swear I was just about to give up. And I threw my last line in. I, I kid you not, I said, this is my last cast. Reeling it in, I started walking away from the water's edge as I, as I was reeling. And something huge hit it. I was like, is it stuck on a rock? Like, what? what's happening? <laughs> Reel it in. And it was a 27-inch lake trout, uh, which was the biggest fish I've ever caught. Uh, I, I believe you were there on that camp out, right? Um, no, I wasn't. Oh, I no. Out, I remember hearing all about it. Yes, that was the first camp out, believe it or not. The first camp out I had missed in about seven years. <laughs> oh, darn. I remember, hearing, I remember Mr. Coral telling me all about it. <laughs> It was very exciting. Uh, I I think you could see a lot of the gleams in the eyes of a lot of the scouts. Uh, they always all wanted to take pictures with it. <laughs> I'm sad that you didn't get to see it, but it was, uh, yeah, one of those stories. When you catch your fish, you exercise catch and release. You'd reference that with a flounder, but do you ever eat any of the fish you catch? Good question. Uh, a lot of people do fishing for sport a lot of people do it for food i i prefer to do it for sport i personally don't like fish and i try to catch and release whenever i can because i think it's very important to keeping the ecosystem of the pond how it is um, i i love nature so i i want to protect it as much as i can um, but obviously i don't uh demean or feel badly against anybody who doesn't catch and release um just as long as you're respecting the fish etc right there's a responsible way to do it yeah right don't don't overfish right don't don't take home a bunch of fish just because you caught them right if you're going to eat what you catch that's fine because i feel that way not just about fishing i don't hunt but i don't begrudge anybody that does just as long as you're responsible about it and right if you're going to shoot an animal take it home and, and feed your family or eat it that's fine uh but don't do it just for the sake of killing it and the same thing with fishing don't do it just for the sake of saying you see i caught a fish and um uh, because yeah, like you said that, that damages the whole that can have a damage throughout the ecosystem yeah careful i 100 percent agree and on that note 
even if you do catch a release, I have seen a lot of fishermen uh, throw it back in a sense, which of course that's what you want to do. But uh, the way that sometimes you can throw back a fish, like if you toss it out, like arc it and have it hit the water, it can actually really hurt the fish when it hits the water. Um, so on that note, when you do release a fish, it's good to make sure it's doing okay. Um, push some water over its gills, uh, put it back in the water gently and let it swim away rather than, you know, just simply throwing it. Yeah, because I can imagine, you know, here you are, you're taking this fish out of its element to start with, right? You're reeling yeah. it in. And then you're just going to, like you said, literally toss this thing back in. That's right. I, I would imagine that could kill a fish, right? That's yeah. the shock of, of, of going through that and, and hitting the water, right? If you throw it high enough or, um, or hard enough, that's, it's, um, that's a good pointer, Michael. Thank you. So how about people that are just kind of saying, you know, I kind of want to fish, but I'm not really sure. Maybe what would you tell them if it were me saying, I think I might want to try it. What would you tell me? Yeah, so I think fishing is one of those things that's not for everybody, but also is for everybody. Uh, for somebody who isn't, you know, a hands-on person and is a little bit scared of, you know, worms or touching a fish, um, I feel like that's one of those things that you can learn to overcome, uh, especially when you spend more time around fish. If you're interested in fishing, I suggest that you talk to somebody who is a little bit experienced. I'm sure it's a pretty well-loved sport um, that there is at least somebody you know who you get along with who will love to teach you about fishing and how to do it. And um, when you put that first worm on that hook, it can, it can be a little gruesome, uh, not going to lie. But it's just one of those things that I, I say um, the fun will ultimately outweigh the uh, temporary inconvenience and you can always just wash your hands or sanitize them later. Uh, just the, the fun that you get out of it is definitely, is definitely going to be worth it. So I suggest that if you're thinking about it and the time is right, you go out and try it. Um, yeah, there's the old adage, a bad day of fishing is better than a good day at work. Yeah. Um, So on that note, let's let's start talking about when is a good time. I mean, I know there are fishing seasons, so and that varies from location to location, state to state. Yes. We're here in New York, so when would be the best time to start looking for that? I know people should check. You know, I just want to first say, let me. People should check with their local authorities, their states or counties. But in New York, you get your fishing license. When do you want to start fishing? Yeah, great question. So um, with everything that's going on, uh, it's very exciting to think about that we can be outside soon and on the water. Uh, so yes, check with your local authorities. Uh, takes two minutes to go online and Google it and find out when you can fish and what you can fish for. Uh, I personally like to go as, as soon as the water unfreezes, which can take quite a while. Even when it does start to get warm, the water can still be frozen shut. Um, I like to go fishing um, late April uh, is usually when I start to get out 
back out again. Um, the fish can get excitable when it starts to get warm. Uh, and they're also very hungry after the long winter. So, um, uh, but if you want to go stream fishing uh, or other types of fishing, uh, you can potentially go earlier. Fishing license, fishing license varies from state to state. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that, you know, that money goes to a good cause. You know, I've heard people complain about it. You know, I have to buy a license of fish or spend more money to government getting more money from me. But I think it's important to point out that the money that you're spending to obtain your fishing license is going back into those resources uh, to maintain those fisheries or hatcheries, I should say, or those locations. Um, you know, some states, and we li- happen to live in a state where they have areas designated for people to fish, where they have nice parking lots to make it convenient to go down and fish. So, um, your opinion on that? It's a, you know, I go, it, it's just a very responsible step to take to get the fishing license. Yeah. So I obviously agree that everybody who is fishing uh, should go get a fishing license. In New York, it doesn't cost much at all, uh, and that, of course, that money goes back to um, the Fish and Wildlife Services and everybody who makes it possible. Uh, they re- restock the fish, uh, etc. Uh, to make the habitats better uh, for the fish and for fishermen. Uh, If you, I'm not sure if this is only in New York, but if you are 16 or older and fishing without a license, I highly suggest that you get one because not only can you be fined quite a bit, but it does do good for what you're doing. So go out and do that. Well, Michael, before we finish up, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Is there any way we can get you to come back on once the fishing season starts up and you can share either some stories or some pointers with our listeners? I would be thrilled to come back on and talk with you. This has been amazing. I think it's great. I I think this is something we can do. We can do some segments once we get into the fishing season. Um, It's a big part of the outdoors, something people love. So I really want to have you back on. This has been great. Thank you for sharing all of this with us. And thank you for giving up your time to come on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care. And everybody be safe out there. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please feel free to leave a review. If you found it helpful or useful or just entertaining, let us know. We can be contacted at papabearhikes at gmail.com. Or check us out at papabearhikes01 on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Get outside and have a great day. This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.